Hey, everybody, a couple of things before we start the show. Download the Chill Lover radio app where you can find thousands of streaming music programs as well as podcasts like Collateral Cinema. And you can find them online. You can find them on iTunes and Google Play. And we really, really encourage you to check this app out. Check out the shows that are playing there and give them some support on social media and everything. So check them out. Chill Lover Radio, Collateral Cinema is on there. And yeah, give them a download. And our podcast shout out is going to a couple of legends in the world of film criticism, of comedy, and just in general geekery. And that is, of course, Movie Sign with the Mads, hosted by Trace Bolio and Frank Conniff of Mystery Science Theater 3000. I enjoy this show because I'm such a huge MST3K fan. I mean, you've probably seen some of my posts on Twitter, the retweets for Mystery Science Theater related material. So I really, really love this show. It's very funny. They talk about movies as only Frank and Trace can, and we really, really like them a lot. So check them out. They're all over the internet. They're on iTunes. They're wherever you get your podcasts. So yeah. Give them a listen. And now, on with the show. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ortegon. I'm Ashley Chancellor. I'm Dakota Chancellor. This is Collateral Cinema. Welcome to Collateral Cinema, the only movie podcast that matters, where we focus on good movies, bad movies, and everything else in between in the world of cinema. We're podcasting straight from somewhere in South Texas, and yes, my friends, we are a 420-friendly podcast. So whatever you have, be it dabs, be it blunts, be it bongs, be it joints, be it vape pins, whatever, smoke it if you got it. And this is the second movie in our little horror kick to the lead up to our season finale. And we are talking about Slumber Party Massacre. Now, what do you guys think? Oh, yeah. Yeah, namely wow. Robert. You're the one who brought this to I the podcast. was the main pick for this, right? And yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just something I, I pretty much grew up with when the Netflix era came out, you know? Right. And back when you can switch your old uh, movies out, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, yeah, I remember those days. Yeah, yeah, from those you, days, it was from that to the YouTube errors, which I try to get this on YouTube. Yeah. And they don't play it right. It just keeps repeating itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. I don't and really understand what happened there. So when you told me that, you know, there was three copies of, you know, one, two, and three at the movie exchange. Yeah. Yeah. On Bandera Road. I went, oh, sorry. And I went there and I scooped it up immediately, bro. Yeah, I was, right I was the one me. that told you that it was there, and it, it's because that's just such an essential horror movie series to have, really. Oh, you need this in your collection, right, with your sleepaway camp. Exactly, with your sleepaway camp or your uh, house on Sorority Row, or yeah. like, yeah, seriously, even even up there with stuff like Nightmare on Elm Street, or oh, it's right up you know, there, or Friday the Thirteenth, or Halloween, even. 
I mean, there's a lot of parallels in this movie to Halloween. Ash, what do you think about that? In regards to Halloween? It just in regards to Slumber Party Massacre just as a slasher movie in general. Oh, um, you know, the slasher element in this one is it's just so perverse. That's the best way to describe it, right? It Yeah, it does kind of have that perverse quality to it, but that's kind of normal for some of the old Roger Corman it's films. A, it's a male depiction, if you will. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, but it just kind of that whole male fantasy, you know, you, you can definitely tell it's catering to that, but at the same time satirizing it. But th- th- that's really the thing about that is... It's written by a woman, Rita Mae Brown, and it's directed by a woman as well. That's what makes it pretty awesome, right? Amy Jones, right? Yeah. That's that's what makes it pretty unique. Yeah. I mean, Amy Jones herself, she got the job directing this because she really, really, really wanted to do a Roger Corman flick. So she made... She she took this script written by Rita Mae Brown, which was originally a lot more satirical in its origins, more or less... And she made like a short film for it for like a thousand dollars, and she she gave it to Roger Corman just kind of as a uh, demo reel, pretty much. But he he liked the idea of the movie so much that he was like, "Look, we want you to make this into a movie." Actually, this script by Rita Mae Brown, but we do want to make some changes because uh, initially this was going to be more satirical. We're going to get into that a little bit later on here in a little bit. But I think that the movie is kind of funny in its own right, though. Right, right, Robert? Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of unintended humor here and there. That's a lot of fun. Dakota, what did you think about this movie? It was fun. Kind of like like House of the Dead fun with all the, the death. But, like, not as much of, you know, the stupidity this was actually kind of fun, and it was enjoyable, more enjoyable than House of the Dead, I think, because it was a kind of a good movie. Yeah, and all right. Yeah, def- definitely. Especially I mean, the the feminine the feminist aspect you're talking about. Yeah, there's definitely a feminist angle to this because that's what Rita Mae Brown herself was initially before she wrote this movie. Right. She, she's a feminist activist, and she's written in quite a few different works. I think a couple of her books are actually in the background of this movie here or there. And it's really odd that you mentioned that whole, the fact that one of the writers was a feminist is because right now we're watching literally the gratuitous shower scene. I mean, this whole movie is filled with all of these fan service shots, but at the same time, it's kind of, it's kind of the point, right? It's ironic. It, it, it is. I mean, it's supposed to be more or less a subversion of the male gaze. Yeah. Once again, that's something that we're going to get into here in a little bit, but I mean, it does kind of provide a different context to how some of the actual nudity and some of the sexuality is portrayed in this movie. Mm-hmm. Almost like Carrie right there in that one scene. It is a little bit like that, Carrie. That just one shower scene? Just, just not nearly as traumatizing as that. No. I mean, they're not hazing you for getting your period. I mean, come on. Sorry. Yeah. Should, should I say that? <laughs> I, I, I don't know, dude. Right in the shower. <laughs> but yeah, this movie is... You know, one of the most significant films I've, I've ever seen, really, just from, like out of the 1982, it, and it, just from being an indie film It's itself. significant yeah. because it's so anomalous compared to other movies of its era. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. We can go back and base this off 
the Driller Killers, you know? Yeah, it, it the actual weapon that's used in this movie, which is very much, I mean, an obvious phallic symbol. Of course. Once again, we're going to yeah. go into that here in a little while. Mill depiction, exactly. But yeah, it does kind of have its precedent in Abel Ferrara's Driller Killer. That, that was his first movie. He starred in that role. And what's interesting about that is that was more about a quote-unquote homosexual or gay sexual awakening more or less with, i mean with lots of heroin probably lots of heroin yeah, involved that's what i'm thinking Just oh yeah that, that that's new york in the 70s of course it's gonna be your, heroin. your sexuality with heroin maybe in the yeah 70s. yeah i mean or cocaine as it were yeah. it just depend on what scene you were in i guess scorsese right? I don't know. yeah right <laughs> scorsese <laughs> Yeah, his portrayal of that really, really gritty New York. I mean, that's the same thing that's shown in in Driller Killer. But, I mean, the the drill that he uses in that one is a lot different. It's more of an original power pack drill with with a battery pack. Mm -hmm. This This drill right here, it's longer. It's a lot more defined. And it's also cordless, which is interesting. Yeah, that was... And this kind of predates cordless drills, doesn't it? Right. That's what Robert was saying before. Yeah, I was like, what is that, a Milwaukee cordless? Yeah, so, something like drill that. Drill right through concrete with a cordless? <laughs> Did you say this was 81? This, yeah. 82, I believe, right? 81, 82. 1982, that's, that's my birth year, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I was born in 1982. And you know for a fact there is no battery pack to come on. Oh, oh, f- fuck yeah. I mean, seriously. I know that. I'm not we're not that stupid. I was born in 1989. Just long enough to know who Michael Keaton's Batman is. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. So right, this movie is already kind of out of its time, you know. It's already got that factor of that because you know anachronistic, that, that, right? Right. Yeah. And this movie's very uh iconic. You know, this is a very iconic movie. It's a movie that I'll, I'll remember because it, well, the drill scenes, bro, they're so yeah. intense. I mean, now there's some intense death scenes in this movie. Seriously, it it's definitely a representation of patriarchy that's definitely told from a female point of view. I mean, it's kind of put in its proper context. Yeah, and she did a good job of that, that whole feminist aspect. I mean, all the males, I mean, there's not a single surviving male actor. In this movie, not a single single one. Nearly all of the men in this movie are depicted as either creepy or douchebags or both. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right about that, guys. Oh, it's it's prevalent throughout the entire movie. Like, for instance, the neighbor character. What's his name? I forgot his name. Mr. Carter. We'll we'll go into that. Yeah, Mr. Carter. The scene happens. We are playing the movie as we're speaking. We we see him outside. While chopping these girls, snails. yeah, chopping up snails <laughs> with a cleaver. What, 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 cleaver? what the fuck is that? And we're what talking are you like doing. We're talking like massive snails, like these massive, like baseball size, go- at least golf ball size snails. You know, yeah, you just, the type that French restaurants use for escargot. Right. Okay. And he's French. Snails. He's counting. He's at like fifty six when he slices with the snails. Oh, God damn! That's is that terrible. a metaphor for something? Okay. Here's a drill sure. killer. <laughs> Prob- Third person with a Levi's jacket. Oh yeah, that's what? an that's an interesting shot. This is where the girl Valerie is killed. She right? that's her, her is, name, the new girl. I think she got left. No, it's behind. not the new girl. And she yeah. gets no. She goes goes back for her book. Yeah, she. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's with the group. Yeah, she's she goes back for a book. She goes back into in. the school for the and she gets locked and in by the killer and the killer it follows her and stabs her to death. Yeah. 
Well, this is this is happening. Sorry, this is happening right now as we're yeah yeah. We of course we we have the movie on in the background as per usual for Collateral Cinema. I mean, we always need to have this movie playing so we can put it in the proper context. You know, exactly. At least for reference, sure. Right. Whatnot. We got the killer lurking in the girls' locker room with a driller. What, and th- what, what and those are those are some awesome shots right there. You know, in between the lockers, we only ever see them from that particular point of view. Oh, those are fantastic shots, man. Yeah. They really are. I mean, seriously. At least from a director and third-person killer point of view. Right. Yeah. And a lot of this movie was actually shot at the director's own personal house, Amy Jones, her and her husband's house. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where the actual slumber party scenes are actually shown. I'm not entirely sure about the school, though. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure where that was actually shot. Maybe uh, just the nearby school, somewhere in California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would imagine so. That or a set. I doubt it's a set. No, you would have to build up for that. So yeah. it didn't look like they had back, the budget back, for that. Yeah, back you in the point. day, you would just use something else, really. But uh, yeah, it's cheaper. We don't use so many cuts and you just yeah. Yeah. yeah but i really really love how they play so many of these tropes straight but it still it still feels a little bit like the satirical parody of slasher films that it was intended to be because that's actually what rena may brown the uh, the writer of this movie that's what she wanted at first and she was actually not particularly happy about how the producers went behind her back and pretty much told them to told the director to film it like a straight horror movie. I mean, do, do you guys think that it, that it would have been as memorable of a movie if it was a straight satire as it was intended? Hmm. What, what do you think, Ash? Well, like you said before, a lot of those elements still bleed through in the movie. I mean, uh, like we said earlier, uh, a lot of the male fantasy and a lot of the like uh, gratuitous death scenes as well um just seem to be there for ironic effect you know they're they're played yeah, out to just yeah. a, a ridiculous level and, and so it's hard to watch this and not get kind of a satirical vibe off of it yeah i mean it's especially the way that it plays with what you would traditionally call a male gaze which for those who doesn't know is basically the propensity for a camera to reflect the the male creators of it and actually show women in a very very overtly sexualized manner that's right. what the male gaze is and since this isn't actually filmed by men i mean it's produced by roger corman of course but since it isn't written and actually you know made by men directed by men it, it, it puts everything in a completely different context yeah. right well that's what makes this movie makes this movie so like original is that there's this this feminist who makes this this character these characters that are so uh, open and I mean, titties yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? Titties, bro. Uh, They're all throughout this. The women's director, right? Point of view. Yeah, and she she's an outright feminist, and she's making these movies that are about, like you said, the male gaze. Yeah, show yeah. From the that or, point or, of view, or like I said, subverting the male gaze. Uh, but even even so, a lot of that still feels very fan servicey, though. I right. mean, it it still knows who its target audience was at the time. I mean, this was the late the the early eighties. There was a very specific time and place. I mean, you kind of had to be there to understand what it was, like even as a kid. Yeah. 
I mean, this was the era of stuff like Porky's and Meatballs and all that Watching shit. Watching you know? the greatest American hero and Knight Rider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't I mean, even born yet. Sorry. <laughs> but that's what came out. And yeah, this is definitely the woman's depiction of a male fantasy. Yeah, yeah very much so. And apparently, like, like I said before, Rita Mae Brown, she was a feminist activist. And I mean, that comes through in spades even in this final product. You know, yeah. I mean, the feminist angle to this movie is very, very pronounced. I would say so. It's it's always kind of ever present. Should yeah. we uh, Ser- put on? Sorry, guys. Should we put on the sound or the subtitles because there's there a killer is, on the radio? There, I mean, that's what's weird about this. No, there's no fuck. subtitles. I, I think on I brought this. the wrong one, but I got all three films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Shit. it's it's the Shout Factory release. Mother. But for some Sorry. reason, they didn't put subtitles on this. I don't know why, but I mean it is a little annoying. <laughs> I won't lie. Yeah, no, you're yeah, you're not wrong about that. I mean, I mean seriously. The basketball team is planning a party, a slumber party, to bare their souls. All the girls are coming, except Mary and Linda. And they won't be missed. The party begins at eight o'clock. It's a slumber party for old time's sake. Love it too. Do you think I'm getting better? But be on the lookout for an uninvited guest. Please, please. When the pizza arrives, things really start jumping. Some people may have to leave early. But others will hang around and hang around. You're underage. Negative. Let's go. You're not going to eat the dead guy's pizza. I feel better already. Really, I do. But for those who stay, there'll be plenty of surprises. <laughs> and non-stop action. for sure no one's getting any sleep the night of the slumber party massacre close your eyes for a second and sleep forever this is another mill depiction the drill going through the door exactly oh i thought you needed a new drill hole (laughs) (laughs) yes well what's interesting about this scene is that uh, it's like you she you see her drill through the hole which is you know it was suspenseful they had suspenseful music and then suddenly the drill, which is another, you know, not only is it another phallic symbol, but it's it, also the drill, which is the killer's weapon. But here, here's the other angle to that is that it's a woman who's doing the handiwork. There. Right. The drill. That's another one. Yeah. And, and what's crazy about that is <laughs> this is a really funny clip that they did was you see her drill the hole and then the next cut. There's a peephole already built in there. Surety. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. in in there. Right. Right. A little continuity <laughs> error. What was wrong with the old people? You have to, right. re- have to replace the door. <laughs> right. Replace the whole door. <laughs> Just to get another people. <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> that, that's weird. 
but California, right? <laughs> right? Can't you replace the little, you know, peephole insert there? Yeah, like, can. not have to make a whole new hole. Yeah, the glass. You, you, <laughs> would, you would think so. I you mean, can, yeah. Let's <laughs> replace the whole door and then drill through it again. Yeah, we're another, fact checking this movie. Another people, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we're fact checking yeah, this. Totally. We've, got, we've got a peephole issue. We've oh, got a cordless okay. drill issue. What's next? Uh, we're not really overthinking it. So <laughs> right? <I'm> sorry. <laughs> we, we're trying to, but I think we're just a little too high and a little too toasty to really do it. At least Robert and I are. I know such thing, Bo. What you are. I don't give a fuck. This is a 420 friendly podcast. Who cares? I am eating Doritos and scarfing out munchies. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you are. I'm watching you do it. I am not high. This motherfucker. <laughs> God damn it. God I, damn it. I have not eaten all day. I'm sorry. Now, I don't know if we really went into how the men are portrayed in this. I mean, they're definitely either creepers or douches. Yes. I mean, we just we touched oh, on that a little dude, bit earlier. Oh, dude, they portray but. us as total tools. And they're not entirely wrong. And I, we're, I, I mean, we're, seriously. we are only around when they need us. Right. We are total tools. Well, what's really, interesting <laughs> about, what's really interesting about this is that it is from the male's point of view. I mean, we're watching this movie and we're seeing a scene of guys peeping in on girls getting naked and they're over here giggling and laughing but so are we yeah. you know what i mean we're yeah. like titties bro that made I mean, the movie you know like, what i mean yeah, we're doing Classic. the same we're doing thing, the same thing. So Classic it's like it, juvenile yeah exactly and it it really is true and that's what's crazy about it I mean, that's how male the, men's, men think the thing these actual actors are like in their 30s portraying like 18 year olds so or or the or the twenty or the twenty two cool. year old thirteen year old yeah crazy. exactly <laughs> the Jody type annoying chick it's yeah. like okay Jody loves Chachi already get it over with <laughs> yeah yeah but then there's <laughs> but then then there's the fucking boyfriends themselves you know I mean the, the first thing they do is they straight up creep on these girls and they just peep on them they just peep on them exactly yeah which I mean, is weird because it's like have these guys never been laid before no you're right do, yeah. do they have sex with their girlfriends like. <laughs> It's like, have you ever I, seen a female? I, th- I think one of them even comments that, man, I need to give my girl a little more attention. It's right. Like, yeah, he says, I, haven't been, I don't think <laughs> I've been giving Kim the attention she deserves. From it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude, the, then your game needs to be better for one. Right. Like and you're two, off maybe, at the window. So yeah, like, maybe, maybe don't sit there at a, a window creeping on your girlfriend and all of her friends. You know, were they too. even dating? I mean, I don't even understand. I, I don't think that it's ever substantiated. Right. I, I don't know. Was it just like a, oh, hey, you peeped on us, but hey, I still want to have sex. It. <laughs> I think maybe in the third movie, it's more like that. Right. You know? Which, if, if you really want the full experience, you need to watch all three movies. If you want to see more of this, there's the same exact same tropes. You know, women about getting killed with the drill by this random yeah, dude. Yeah. All the guys are douchebags or creeps. You know, it's the same tropes. Except that second movie is batshit fucking insane. insane. Right, guys? It's It's a mindfuck. It is. It's 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 inside of somebody else's mind. It really is. That's what it is. And and it adds this really, really surreal element to the normal flow of these movies. You know, like the whole, you know... Everybody meets up at school, then they go to the slumber party, the killer is subtly killing people, there's dudes creeping on women and everything. I mean, it's all the same thing, but it's not played as straight, like especially with the killer. 
Right. The killer is this weird, freaky, freaky rock and roll greaser type, like a rockabilly type. Right. right, right. He was like Dude, pulled straight out of Greece, but with like an electric guitar. And yeah, shit. yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. The eighties, so it's like an eighties fifty cafe with right. a, with a drill guitar. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I've been a rock hard cafe. Hard rock, hard cafe. rock cafe, hard rock, rock. Hard. Hard. Hard rock. No, but yeah, rockabilly, rockabilly, rockabilly. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like a old pickup school, line. That does sound like a pickup line. It, it hey does, girl, right? you ever been to the rock hard cafe? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Sugar and Kool Aid. How many scoops? Both four and a half. Oh yeah, we're four? looking at the cu- we're we're looking at the Kool Aid scene. This girl's making Kool Aid. She's not putting nearly enough sugar. In nearly that. enough. Not fucking nearly. white people. No. <laughs> fucking white people. Not nearly I swear. enough to be sweet, bro. Like, what Seriously, what the fuck? What do you think? I I don't know, man. I mean, I, I I remember making Kool-Aid, no matter what the flavor, putting a sh- lot more fucking sugar than just the one cup that they asked for. Right. I always remember adding, like, at least four scoops and then adding, like, another spoon just to make it sweet enough. For <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just to make it at nice least, and thick. Just right. at least make it sweet, not too much sugar, right? I don't yeah, know. I got, seriously. I got a t-shirt line, you know. I know I'm white, but I'm not that white. <laughs> You're not that white. You're at least tan enough. Right. Uh, I'm not white enough to put only two scoops of sugar. And my Kool-Aid. Wow. Damn. How was that sweet enough for you? Right? <laughs> I wouldn't even taste the Kool-Aid. Hey, you're going to need to taste I mean, the sugar. You wouldn't even taste anything. I don't know. That'd be the, sour. Not bland. Even the, yeah, not even the push. Yeah. Just no, this I mean, coming no from shit. the same people that put sweet and low in their tea. What if you just... <sighs> oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Golly. Sweet and low. I can't. Yeah, I mean... Put equal in your tea like normal people do. Or just regular fucking sugar well, yeah, and enjoy right, life sugar. the way I it was mean, meant to be enjoyed. Shit, what's, wrong I mean, just, right. what's wrong with you <laughs> just putting the regular amount of sugar? What the hell? I don't there know. I don't know. How about having your teeth blow up on you? Uh, yeah. You're right about that. Well, oh, that's yeah. why you don't use high fructose uh, corn syrup either. Uh, Gross. Uh, so this movie... Like I said, it was originally satirical, but it plays a lot of the slasher movie tropes straight. Like, I mean, what do you think, Robert? I mean, you're kind of our resident slasher uh, historian, more or less. I think we both are, but you know that. Yeah, more or less I think you know that by now, which almost going back to the Friday the 13th and uh, what's that other one we got that I brought? You brought the burning the with you. The burning. Yeah, Har- Harvey Weinstein's rapey fantasy movie. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, that goes oh, back yes. to 82, but I mean, we'll go back to horror history. Oh, oh, of course. I mean, I mean, that's why I brought it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we had to do just a straight up slasher movie. I mean, especially with what we started the season with. I mean, yeah. we started with Halloween 2018. We so. had to because we left off season one with the first one and yeah 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 halloween 18 was at the screen episode so we it was and, and then we did that after. and we highly recommend listening to that episode of and course we got ash but you and i went to the movies yeah yeah we we went to the movies and it was originally ash this was before dakota the before dakota on joined right. on yeah i remember that yeah it was like you know uh, have wow. y'all noticed that robert is our resident like everything like anytime we need some special advice, it's Robert, our resident car person, our resident, resident car, car person, resident actor historian. person, actor resident person, slasher, filmmaker, filmmaker, yeah, director, everything. He's he's a, he's a jack of all trades. That's it. Wow, I'm glad. Yeah, right. At least somebody appreciates that. Sorry. It's yeah, terrible. seriously. It's not many people could appreciate for stuff like that. Sorry. <laughs> I'm about to cry. They cry. totally should, though. I mean, it should, especially Bo. Not many people will get credited. 
for the shit you do, especially editing wise, bro. Right. I, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, you do a lot of fucking work, dude. I mean, sorry, you do a lot of work. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I won't lie. I, I certainly do my fair share of work. But I think we're getting to the point where we all do at this show. Rise. More or less. We're going on a tangent here. Oh, yeah, we're going on a little tangent. We're not I mean, even Slumber Party Massacre is just so much fun. It I is. Mean, oh. Everybody knows yeah. how awesome this movie is. We right. are going to introduce you guys to Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. I think Ash, we saw the first Nightmare yeah, on Elm yeah, Street. We, yeah, we, we watched saw that the together. first one. And Robert England, bro, you, you need to watch the rest of his trilogy. Yeah, I didn't grow up with this stuff like you yeah. guys did. And, you know, I guess that's just because of the generational gap. I mean, I guess yeah. that's just because of the generational gap. But uh, right, being exposed to it now was a lot of fun because, I mean, these movies exist in the background. Like, you know about them. Yeah, yeah. When I was younger, I didn't really watch horror movies that much. That was kind of my own doing. I just didn't really think about it, you know? Well, from what, I, from what I understand, from talking to your your mom, I mean, we, we all work together and everything. Like, y'all always kind of, as a family, watch more sci-fi and stuff. Yeah, like we're, that, we're right? totally a sci-fi yeah. family. Star Wars, Star Trek, that's our shit, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I mean, my, my family, we just liked movies in general. I just kind of gravitated towards horror. Like, right, like horror. Slumber Party Massacre. Whatever, whatever came out that year, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. And especially when, when I hit my late teens, early 20s, I went on a huge horror kick. I started watching all the, you know, like the Friday the 13th movies, The Shining, Dead Alive, Night of the Living Dead, all, all that good stuff. And, and that that's what really solidified it for me. And But... but what I love about slasher movies are the different tropes that are actually at play in each and every one of them. And this one is no, is no different, honestly. Like, what do you think, Robert? What are, what are some of the actual elements that you see here that are typical of slasher movies? Typical of slasher movies? Um, for one, I'm thinking the pizza boy, right? When, he, when oh, he's yeah. Intro- yeah. introduced... Oh yeah, and that's that's the first time that anyone any one yeah. of the main characters realized that, that there's that's murder going on. Exactly. That is your classic Michael Myers. Like what is going on? But yeah. They they didn't have a Pizza Boy and Michael Myers, sorry. But <laughs> but you you yeah, know that, what I'm talking that, about. Right, that it's it's classic suspenseful build up towards an actual murder, you know. I mean, you guys really need to see a drill killer before all this. Oh, yeah, Dr- Driller Killer kind of sets the precedent f- for this, as it's, we said before. Abel Ferrara's work. It sets the yeah. tone for this actual weapon. Yeah. Yeah. In in general. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And, yeah, I mean, the killer himself, I mean, there's not a whole lot of backstory given to him. I mean, it's actually kind of brilliant how you get an idea of who he is. It's just through this brief radio clip. And, right. And th- that, that's also something that's kind of used in Halloween, right? Yeah, an escape mental patient probably hacking people for almost 10, 15 years is, yeah, is on yeah, the run, yeah. right? And yeah, exactly. She turns the dial off to turn to another station. Right. Dude, that, that is important stuff. Exactly. Yeah. That was what, exa- Exactly. Why don't you want to know what is going on in your area? Be prepared for that, it. That's right. like the Bay Area or... That's that's the Long Beach Pier area, right? Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. that's Long Beach right there. Uh, th- yeah. That's where this movie takes place—is like Long Beach, almost Long Beach, California, almost Torrance Beach. Yeah, the yeah, way, yeah. The way it looks makes sense. Old back Torrance Beach, California. 
Yeah. Right? That, that makes what, what did you say? Sounds about right. Hey, everybody. We'll get back to the show here in a little bit. But first, I wanted to tell you about PodCoin, the app that allows you to earn PodCoins by listening to your favorite podcasts like Collateral Cinema and use those PodCoins to either donate to charity or purchase gift cards from places like Amazon and Starbucks and so on and so on. So look for them on iTunes and Google Play. You can find Collateral Cinema on the PodCoin app. And upon registration, use the promo code COLLATERAL with a capital C, and you'll get 300 PodCoins right away. So check them out. Check us out on the PodCoin app. And now back to the show. It, lo- it looks like it. Hmm. See, Robert yeah. knows his shit. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, uh, the killer, I was surprised, actually. At the actor's ability to use expressions to just kind of convey the the whole psychotic nature of the killer right there at the end where you finally get a glimpse into his personality, you know, and and he's just crazy. You know, he's like, you're pretty. I love you. I love you, babe. And yeah. he still doesn't have a real reason for what he does, much like Michael Myers in Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good parallel. I'm tired. I'm wasted. I love you, babe. I love you, babe. Man, where's our bell? Ding, right. ding, yeah, that's ding, it. That's, ding, it. that's there it. There we guys. go. There's Jerry what. what there, yeah, there's one of our uh, prerequisites for a collateral cinema episode. We'll get to the other one later. Yeah, eventually. No, I w- I hope we don't <laughs> because I'm not really in the mood for it right now. You never are. Trust me. I know this is a great episode. I'm not gonna remember it. Sorry. Yeah. Guys. <laughs> no, I don't think we're any of us are gonna remember this. Honestly, it goes down. You know history. what you will remember? What? Who your daddy is. Oh, there I'm it is. I, I, I'm speechless Bo. in some ways Bo. right now. Bo. I, Bo, it is not Dana Carvey. <laughs> I, I understand, bro. I understand. No, it's not really him. It's not Dana Carvey. It is it's, it's not him. It is his fault, though. Mike Myers, maybe. No, no. No, it is his fault. No, it's his fault. That whole movie entire, entirely crashed, sir. Now, what do you think of the use of blood and gore and violence in this movie? Uh, Wasn't it kind of like uh, Ricky O in, in a lot of ways? No, it wasn't nearly as gruesome. But in, in fact, there was a lot of shots that were actually kind of cut away from. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Well, yeah. in, in this movie, it's mostly just like... It's drill holes and slices. It's really yeah, all you yeah. see in this movie. People, you know, you see guts being sliced, and you see like people's eyes or chests or hearts being like drilled through. So that's pretty much the only two ways you see people die. So that's kind of a you know, it, there's only really two tropes for that. Yeah, you you're not wrong about that. It's Cer- mostly certainly a, not. Mostly a carotid artery with the skill saw or drill bit. Or <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it still gets pretty bloody. I mean, there is at least one decapitation in the movie. Right. And there's a hand being cut off. Yeah, oh yeah, there is that as well with a machete. Lots of guts being sliced. Yeah. What? Oh man, and there is not lithium batteries in this era, Ash? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I didn't live through this, but... Me neither. what the fuck are y'all talking about where do you plug in this drill how does it charge is it magic is that kind of a supernatural element do I have a battery pack in my waist I don't know I mean when you actually take the drill as being a metaphor for the dude's penis or just yeah. for penises in general. Oh, Everything. they straight I mean, up show it in I mean, that one scene where it's dangling between yeah, his legs. No, no, no. It's, it's, no. It's, it's You've seen the even... poster, right? It's 
the drill, and that's yeah, it's the that one. Sh- it's that one shot. Yeah, it's a mill appendage right in the woman's face. Like exactly, ej- almost ejaculating. <laughs> Sorry, seriously. But, and then there's the scene where she cuts the drill in half, like like yeah. she's castrating him, or, yeah. or, no, you're or right, emasculating. You're right. I mean, ca- castrating would be cutting the yeah. yeah. Castrating balls, would be cutting the balls. Be off. Cutting the balls off. Emasculating no, would just be cutting the dick off. I literally uh, just just emasculating in half. the the male. Yeah, it's right, just to, really. th- once again subverting that male fantasy and just completely cutting it down, literally and figuratively. Yeah, chopping us down to where we're nothing, pretty much. Sorry. Yeah, and, and I mean the special effects themselves—they're actually pretty competently done. I mean, they're they're not Tom Savini level, but I mean they definitely have their own characteristics in many ways. I mean. I think there's a disembowelment. Like like we said, there was a beheading as well. And honestly, I mean, I actually really liked the gore effects in this. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. We can go back to watching the or- the old horror flicks. Or yeah. Like House of Horror 5. Oh, yeah. House, yeah. What is it? House? It's Horror House on Highway 5. Horror House on Highway 5. Sorry. That's <laughs> I just a, ordered that's a copy. Another, that's another movie where all of a sudden a drill. It's comes another into play. driller killer. But it's not It's not a power drill. It's, just, it's, it's not a, a manual power. drill. It's like you would drill right through some wood or yeah, just, just, make some arts and crafts yeah, or something. So, it, like, it's, some, it's a drill like that. Did and you see that? Yeah, and where he was just like holding it and drilling I don't, it. Like, I don't know that he actually used it to actually harm anybody. You just like one. drill through a human skull or right through a human body with that. Yeah, yeah. this is like weird. No. Now, what do y'all think of the actual characters of the movie itself? Like, like the actual group of women in this movie, just as as friends, as individual characters. Right. Well, they were surprisingly non-defenseless you know oh, what i mean yeah they, they they knew their way around having to get through the house and get away from the killer and even you know take up and fight which they do in the end which is interesting because they're constantly using knives right which traditionally when it comes to slasher movies or is kind of seen as another stand-in for a phallic symbol there you go and they're mostly the ones that handle knives in this movie i mean there's a couple of instances where the killer uses a knife to kill a dude but i mean yeah they're they're totally not afraid to go on the attack if they have to right like for instance near the end where the uh like i think they use a baseball bat they use a a a poker a hot poker oh yeah i remember for attack poker yeah yeah which was so stupid that scene she was hitting him with it not stabbing him with it i know yeah she should have hit him and then stabbed him and then kept stabbing right yeah nobody nobody committed that's why the dude kept coming back there was a lot of beating him unconscious and not following through you know right. well once again that's a pretty common slasher trope. which yeah no people are not gonna kill something that's just lying there like yeah you know yeah I mean? they're gonna wait till you get up and chase them and then do something about it right because like, well normal right? people don't want to kill other people you don't yeah, kill seriously. like a lifeless thing just yeah, lying there if you can just incapacitate them you know what I mean? But he's a psycho killer. I'll behead that motherfucker. Right, obviously. Know? But I mean, e- he's even, not going to stop. Even so, yeah. that's something that kind of became a trope throughout slasher movies in its own right, exactly. to the point where it right. became a, a joke. And it was part of the parody that Rita Mae Brown wanted to put forth. You know, along with the portrayals of men and women in this movie, which I think was pretty much left intact, more or less. That's what I think. Now, 
normally with slasher movies, they almost always invariably have a final girl. Many of them, some of them have a final guy every now and again, but I mean, this movie right here is kind of different because it doesn't seem to have a single final girl that actually fits the common tropes there. Right, like, it kind are, of breaks are, are they, those norms. Like, are it, are any of these girls virginal other than the girl Courtney, the young girl? They're all over thirty, so they're probably yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm talking <laughs> about di- diegetically when it comes to the movie character, the characters themselves. That eighteen I mean, year old not looking past the thirty year old body. Okay, um, yeah, right. <laughs> maybe I, I know it's difficult to do. It's difficult to do in the nineteen eighties now, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we were just looking at a scene, and I know y'all talked about it later, but the similarities between this and Halloween, uh, I want to I wanna watch Halloween. I haven't seen the original. Y'all are supposed to show me it. Yeah, since you just said that, there's that one scene in Halloween where she's going off to wash her clothes. Right. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we need to show you that. Uh, yeah, yeah, because, uh, I mean, there's actually a scene here where it almost repeats that scene verbatim, right? That's where she goes back with except, Lindsay Wallace. Yeah, except exactly. she's she's not actually trying to wash any clothes. No, I mean, what what is she trying to do? She's going out there to check a noise or something. Yeah, and, and yeah, yes, and yeah, then, yeah. And then she goes back. It's, it's almost like Halloween, where she goes out. She spills butter on her from making popcorn. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then she's got to wash her clothes, and then she gets stuck in the. The window, yeah. You see the figure of Michael Myers right in the background, right? And and there and there's also a scene with in a car in a garage, exactly, which is also from Halloween, the strangulation scene, which is very much depicted right here. But I mean, do do y'all who do y'all think would actually fit the role of a final girl in this movie? Definitely Courtney's sister. Yeah, but I mean, she only represents one facet of right. a final girl. Well, which is really interesting because there are three different girls that end up surviving, which and one of them ends up being the girl in the next movie, and because we talked about the next movie being so dreamlike, it was that girl's dream, and and she herself is not necessarily what you would call virginal in that movie either. Right, and what's really interesting is she wasn't even like. She wouldn't even be my first choice to be considered as a quote's main character. Yeah. So the yeah. fact that she would be the one that moved on to be in the next movie is quite interesting. But I'm. But Weird I mean, approach. just just given how batshit insane that second movie is. Oh god! I mean, I mean it's understandable. Yeah. Knowing that she she went fucking crazy after what happened to her and her sister. Right. Mostly and, psychological trauma. Yeah. And truthfully, yeah. if I had to choose any one of those three girls to have realized that they would have been crazy, yeah, it would have been yeah. that girl. I mean, seriously. I mean, definitely. Yeah. She go crazy in her head enough to David Lynch the whole story in her brain. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> I of, mean, of part two. That's which that's of course crazy. makes makes entirely entire sense whenever you consider the actual killer of that movie and how he just pretty much pulls a nightmare on Elm Street of Freddy. Yeah. It was a whole dream sequence out of her head and he, just something she imagined. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it, it it really goes into such mindfuck territory that, I mean, I'm surprised that it's not higher on most people's lists when it comes to slasher movies. Because, I mean, in some ways, it's almost better than the first one. That is your classic dream sequence. Slasher is... Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, be, that, it's popular. It's Wes Craven. It's famous. It's almost like the nightmare before... Yeah, I mean, you know. and and but that and that entire movie is pretty much a dream sequence, and it's 
pretty much all Drew Sukins, bro. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. That's what's crazy. It's like, is she crazy? Did this actually happen? You know, we really don't know what to think. Yeah. But guys, I really, really like the third movie, though, because it's pretty much just a repeat of the first movie, just kind of with a little bit of a different angle. I personally think it was a little better. I, yeah. I, I think they they had some improvements in that that they did from that they definitely improved upon from the first one. I think even the acting was a little better in that. Right. Movie. And the killer's backstory kind of was went into more detail in the third one, right? Yeah, a lot more detail. Right, because I mean, he's like the neighbor, isn't he? he or no, he's trying to he, move in? He's, he's, no, the killer in that movie is one of the girl's boyfriends. That's right, it was the kid. Yeah. Yeah. And they make you think it's two other different people. He's, that he, is so right. He's like some college... Yeah, they make you believe like it's... it's like two other lurkers. Or right, and again, that's another it's sign. It's a red herring. Yeah, exactly. And it's another and sign where you get those guys who are creepers. Creepers. Yeah. In every uh, single movie. And, there, and there's, yeah, there's lots of red herrings in these movies. And they're almost all the creeper It guys. leads you on to believe that it's somebody else. Right yeah, when you see yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, the backstory of the killer is a lot more pronounced. I mean, especially, and it even gets into really, really dark territory when you find out uh, what he's been doing this whole time. I mean, and, and even even the people that you think are going to be killers, they're the ones who end up getting killed in this movie. Right. In, in the third movie. Right. And that, that's, that's a really interesting way of doing that because they really mind fuck you on that one. Screw it. Yeah. I actually like the killer in Slumber Party Massacre 3 a little better. Oh, I do too because you get... is you, cool, sorry. No, yeah. you're right. It, it, it's cool. It's cool. Honestly, I actually do not dislike any of these movies in any way no i i don't i don't have a reason to dislike any i mean they're, they're fun there's nothing unenjoyable yeah. about them yeah. so why would i dislike them you know there's some continuity issues like the hole in the door but like that's yeah. just kind of <laughs> stupid directing stuff that that's funny to note you know easter egg kind of yeah. things and, and it's funny how in every single one almost every single one of these movies i mean at least the, the first two sequels, they have a dancing scene where the girls just get naked and do this weird strip tease for each other. Oh, that is cool. This is what girls do, right? <laughs> I know, right? Definitely. But it was written by women, so I, I maybe that is what girls do. Definitely. But I, I don't fantasy. think that you really have that here in the first movie, though, right? No, just in the second one. I mean, they, yeah, they, there's they, they no, do no, no. get third one. Sorry, I mean, <laughs> there, there is they do kind of get nude in front of each other, but it's more just like, yo, we're changing clothes. Yeah, but each time or that we're happens, taking showers, or each time that happens, there's dudes lurking and watching. So Ex except for the shower scene, except for That's, the shower that scene. is yeah. solely all women, right? Almost carry like like again, yeah. we're saying that's a carry scene, right? He's dead, all right. Oh, is the pizza? Oh. Well, life goes on after all, and eating makes me feel best. When I feel bad, and boy, do I feel bad. Oh, I feel better already. Really, I do.
Neil. We'd better open the door. No. Might I say that the girl that is wearing the nighty in this movie is so fucking gorgeous? Oh my god! You could say that. That, that she, she's wifey. Material. We're not wrong about that, and we're waiting for the pizza boy. Oh yeah, the pizza boy. Yeah. Are we getting pizza here? Are we getting that pizza? Yeah. One of us this is gonna be motherfucker. <laughs> this motherfucker <laughs> Man, is asking pizza. for pizza. Dude, what time is it? Boy, it's like far, two o'clock in the morning. Far too late for is fucking it pizza. Two o'clock in the morning. We'll why find we somewhere that we'll deliver. What, why are we recording this early, guys? This late? I don't know, man. This is just how we do this shit now, or something. I I thoroughly enjoy the first one. I think the third one is great. The second one is absolutely batshit insane. But what are y'all's favorite moments from all three of these movies? At least from what y'all remember. At least from the first one. Batshit moment crazy. Anything that's batshit crazy or just memorable? Memorable moments. Um, oh, I love this movie ever since it was in Netflix. Yeah. One of the most memorable moments, I think. Uh, it's hard to say. There's a lot of really yeah. memorable moments yeah. in this series. You know, to, for me, the one that comes to mind is... When the the neighbor is trying to knock on the door and let her know that he's about to get killed, yeah, but she's watching a horror movie which is masking his screams. And by the time she finally hears it and comes around, he gets pulled by the killer, and so she doesn't see him. Barely and then when he yet. screams while he's dying, it, it's masked again by the by the movie she's watching. Right. Oh. And 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 I I just want to comment on one more thing before we really wind down is how there's almost kind of an underlying. Uh, subtext of rape in this, especially in this movie. Yeah. Especially, I agree. I mean, especially given the phallic nature of the weapons. Oh my god! I mean, the I mean, the second girl that gets killed in the school, she. I mean, the way he like just comes down on her with that drill. Yeah, like, it's, and she's screaming and yelling very, no. Like it's that's very, very much. Uh, that's rapey, bro. Rapey as fuck. There's the feminist angle. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's where it comes in. And and obviously there is some kind of a message to it, this. It's it's commenting on the power dynamic of patriarchy, more or less. There and you also go. how that kind of plays into stuff like rape or you know, how women use their bodies, you know. I mean that's very relevant nowadays, especially with these abortion bans that are being passed all around the country, you know. This movie is all symbolic. That's it's true. very symbolic. Yeah. But okay, let's go ahead and go back to our favorite moments. Like, I mean, what's what was your favorite moment, Ash? Again? Like I said, the the moment where the the neighbor comes and she's not able to hear him because screaming because she's got the horror movie on. Yeah, they do that a lot of this movie where they'll mask sounds, a lot of fake outs too. in the very beginning oh, of the yeah. movie, at least, because for the first like third of the movie, no one knows there's a killer on the loose except for the people that die. Right, uh, uh, yeah. Up until the pizza boy. Up until the revealed. pizza boy. Revealed. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we started this movie as soon as we started this podcast, and we just now got to the pizza killing scene a minute ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, you know, to 
put that in perspective. It, it's a good chunk of the movie where nobody knows what's going on. And then that's where the climax begins because that's where all the people start getting defense. You know, they get their defense ready and they, they attack. So do you think that that's the most memorable part of this movie? For sure. More or less. The turning point, right? right. Yeah. I think that the best part of this movie is really the ending. You know, I mean, watching this guy pretty much get emasculated and then chopped down. Yeah. And then when, when he, and then when he does the typical slasher killer trope of coming back from the dead, real briefly, like he he's penetrated in the end. What by a machete? There's nothing he can do about it. There, yeah, no, there was nothing he could do about it at all. Robert, what is your most memorable part? My of this movie? favorite memorable moment of Slumber Party Massacre is probably at the beginning when right he, when it when he takes apart uh he takes out the telephone girl right yeah well, that was, yeah, yeah and then yeah. he throws her in the dumpster yes and then you know that there's something going on exactly or, and you, you know it's probably before that when he's following this girl going to school he takes the barbie doll out of the trash can yes. It's so freaky, bro. That's when you know there's something going on. And it comes back later in the there, window scene. Yeah, he puts the Barbie doll back with bl- with blood in it? Or, yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and also what's interesting about the dumpster scene is that the dumpster is in the middle of the school parking lot, okay? And he, in broad daylight, killed a girl and dumped her in the dumpster. And then minutes later, the group of students that were friends with her walk by the dumpster and they can't see in it because they're not tall enough right leave it and, but time. you're looking at a top-down point of view totally. that was a really interesting directing totally you know, oblivious to what's and, going on and, and, and but you, right next to them yeah. you could almost so you can almost take it as kind of a commentary on how most victims of that type of violence especially female victims are kind of overlooked and right. they, they, they don't even report that type of violence like sexual or otherwise i mean it's you can kind of see it as a commentary on that right and that's, you know, definitely seen today in our culture. You know, we had that Me Too thing come up. You know, the hashtag Me Too. Hashtag Me Too, Man, exactly. That, that's a huge movement, bro. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. This, this movie right here almost seems like tailor-made for hashtag Me Too. Right. This movie is, is this sets that emotion, the feminist movements. You know what I mean? Exactly. Years ahead of its time. Exactly. That's what's so great about it. It's a years ahead of its time with the drill, with the feminist activists. Y- yeah, it I, really I think is. It was definitely and, all, and also being a female directed and female written movie. Right. You know? There's not very many successful movies out there that are directed by women. Yeah, and, and it's very problematic. You know, I mean, right. I mean, it's it's problematic enough that there's not enough people of color in, that are directing movies or right. making movies. I mean, it, it's it's why I mean you get like a Tyler Perry or someone like that. You know, or Jordan Peele. Or, yeah, I, I would say Jordan Peele's a little better than Tyler Perry. Of course, like oh, way yeah. better than Tyler Perry. I mean, but I mean, you got to admit that Tyler Perry. You know, he's a he's a black man and he found a way to make movies in his own way. You got to you know, admit he's get a them black out man. There, get, them, get them out there and you know, get them seen you know, right. by people in the African-American community. It's something yeah. that's uniquely for them. He knows what he's know? doing. And he knows exactly what he's making movies for, his, for the people that he cares about. And same thing with this woman here. I mean, exactly. I, I can only think of a handful of directors on the top of my head that are female besides this one. At least successful ones. I mean, you know, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, that's about all I can so- think of. Sofia right Coppola. Sofia Coppola. Yeah. You know the the girl that uh, directed the Wonder Woman movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was uh, directed Peggy. By a what's her name? Wilson. Mm. Peggy. Peggy. No. I, let me, let I me look. Let me look. Oh yeah, we're 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 gonna get this right. We're gonna look it up real quick. 
So the Slower Party Massacre, they're yeah. totally oblivious of this peace boy being killed. Yeah, they, she, she just starts eating the pizza. They just go right to eating the pizza. If I would do that. <laughs> I would. I mean, I'm I hungry. Would. As long as it's vegan. Ha! God damn it. Yeah, keep your vegan circle jerk out of here. Does that no, mean? No, no, no. Veganism is what fuels this podcast. Does that mean, John? Whether you like it or not. Patty pizza. Jenkins. Patty Sorry. Jenkins. I knew What's it was a Patty or a Peggy Patty or something Jenkins. like that. Peggy, Patty. Yeah. Yeah, Pat, Patty Jenkins. And she, Patty, she's Patricia Leah Jink- Jenkins. Also, a- Ava DuVernay. Like, ah. Yeah, you know, she made Selma. She made, uh, what was that movie? Uh, that was released by Disney recently, A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she made that recently. She directed the film's Monster in 2003. Oh, that's right. Um, and then she's going to be doing the next Wonder Woman movie. Nice, uh, she's nice. Also, she nice. had her work on the pilot episode of The Killing. And she's received a lot of awards, so she she knows what she's doing, right? The oh, killing certainly. is uh, yeah. Kevin Bacon, right? Right. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I was into that show. The killing, the following. No, was it the following? The killing. One of those Netflix. So, Whatever. So uh, where do y'all think this movie stands in regards to other slasher movies? You know, as far as like the greats versus the not so great ones, well, like what do y'all think? Uh, stands up d- to like all together, like one of the originals. Yeah. 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 Probably Friday the Thirteenth, almost, and When a Stranger Calls. I'd say it's somewhere in between Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween. It kind of occupies that. It's got area. a lot of Halloween carpenter scenery. It yeah, it's very reminiscent of that. mostly yeah, most of the cinematography. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Cinematography, yeah. some of the directorial uh, choices, and also a lot of the the actual tropes that are played throughout this movie. I mean, maybe this is just. Me not having seen as much of the genre as you guys, but I, I do feel like it kind of stands on its own and occupies its own territory in a lot of ways. Also, it, it does. It's as one a of its own. Film. It's one of its own things. One of its own genres, like Sleepaway Camp. It's its yeah, own thing. But Sleepaway know? Camp is certainly its own thing, and th- this is, is kind of uh, honestly, you could play this and the first Sleepaway Camp movie and have a pretty good little double feature. Oh, we can I go think. back to back and just have yeah. fucking. I mean, sorry, have. We can go back to back and just have great I'll time, just time with it. Just you know what I mean? fucking cuss. Who fucking cares? Why are you, why are you censoring your cuss words, Robert? Yeah, what the fuck? Why am I censoring my cuss words? That is a good question. Sorry I'm for doing that. Yeah, yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself, bro. I am sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a fucking pussy, Robert. This show isn't for All fucking... Right. This show isn't for fucking children's. Well, anyway, like we were talking about... Yeah, like we were talking movie, about. Like we were fucking talking about. <laughs> the movie... Is although it is like like I said a standalone and it's standalone genre of its own, <laughs> yeah. Um, it also is it does fit along the slasher films at it, the same time. It certainly does. Yeah, I mean it 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 stands the test of time, and this movie holds up extremely well. So do the other two. Absolutely, they're incredibly watchable. Oh yeah, to this day, I mean, this is what thirty years ago, forty almost forty. Uh, nineteen eighty-two. Eighty-two. Bo- yeah. Boho. It's almost forty years ago. It's almost uh, almost as old as I am. I- exactly. Yep. <laughs> not quite time. forty, but knocking almost right. when you're straight slasher. Uh, yeah. Camp. I'm, camp. I mean, it, it was seventy-nine that uh, Halloween came out, right? Yeah, right around there. Jamie Lee Curtis's first. Yeah. Appearance. Well, yeah, right. and then, Introducing, sorry. And then Friday the 13th, that was 80, 81, right? 81, 80, 80? 
It was 81? 80 or 81. Right around Paramount with Kevin Bacon's yeah. role. His one of his first roles. Well, it one didn't of Halloween his first roles. or isn't Halloween? An- Animal House, sorry. Before that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, didn't or isn't Halloween celebrating its like forty year anniversary? Yeah, exactly. I forty so, years right? later. Yep. Seventy nine, you said, right? So it's that's twenty. How old are you? Or Halloween H two O came out? You did That was twenty years ago. Well, what year is that? What what year was it when Halloween H two O came out? Two O was like ninety nine. I was born in ninety nine. Oh snap! So see, when that came it's out, the that yeah. was our twenty year damn. Thing. Now it's yeah, that was forty years too. Yeah, that was twenty yeah, years. No idea. Yeah, when Halloween H two O came out, that was the thing. It was like the curse. Halloween H two O and they tw- the twenty year. They brought back Laurie Strode for that one as well. Now it's right. forty year anniversary. Dude, yeah, think about that. We've doubled that. I mean, it's 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 a crazy that is a thing yeah. to think about. Yeah. It goes it goes through history. I mean, it go, it'll go down in history. Joseph Gordon Levitt was the the original Halloween H two O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, coming God, out of they're from the sun. Sorry, do y'all th- do y'all think this movie deserves a remake? No, do no, not leave it the movie. way it is. And I don't usually say that. I don't usually have an issue with remakes, but. The aesthetic of this movie works exactly yeah. the way it is. Why would you do that with young actresses, actors you don't even know? Yeah, up like a young director that you know just got her first job with Roger Corman. Exactly. Why would you take somebody's best work and try to redo it like it's your own? Right. I know. I are pretty. All of you are very pretty. Please don't do this. I love you. Please. I didn't hurt you. Please don't do this. Takes a lot of love for a person to do this. You know you want it. Love it. Yes. I, I don't even know you. It's like my, my official stance is that remakes should be done for bad movies. 
Like remake bad movies, make you. them better. I feel you. That's what you. That's I mean, what they you know, do. adding sequels or prequels or whatever the hell you want. That, yeah. That's acceptable. But add a backstory. Add right. another sequel. Dude. Yeah, give us some don't more to it, but don't change, change the it. original. Don't change it. We exactly. don't need a reboot. I mean, we don't want reboots. Bro. Don't change the exact copy of the original unless it's absolutely necessary. Like, just avoid reboots, man. Seriously, like, dude, you're Seriously. not doing anybody any justice. All right, guys, it's time for final thoughts. We got to wind this down. Robert, we'll go ahead and start with you. My final thoughts on this? Yeah. Go ahead and watch the first Silver Party Massacre, the second, the third one, and you will have an enjoyable time watching all three. I will probably guarantee you that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, certainly. It's a fun series to watch. It's not too bad. I mean, yeah. watch it with your buddies. I mean, it, it's not too bad. Yeah. And you can still watch it on your own and still have a lot of fun as well. All right, Ash, how about your final thoughts? For something that on the surface seems so ridiculous with the over-the-top gore and the gratuitous nudity, has a surprising amount of, of depth to it, you know? And there's this irony that kind of, like, bleeds through, you know? Even if a lot of that was chopped out of the script, it's there. And um, I think that's what makes this movie unique, uh, especially not just among slasher films, but, you know, as as a film overall. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, seriously. All right, Dakota, final thoughts. You know, it is really funny. We, we watched these. I watched these in reverse. I watched the third one and yeah. then the second and then the first. Yeah. That's how I grew up reverse. That's so you guys right. it to us. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. How, that's how we watched it because we, we were just playing games and we wanted to watch one of them and not watch the other one. Well, but it was VHS. Because we weren't going to pay attention to it, but we ended up paying more attention to the movie than we did the video game we were playing. So yeah, y- 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 That was when y'all did the Lego Harry Potter episode. Yes, it was. At the same time, we were getting gaming. two things done. Exactly. It was nice. But Clutter, anyway. Collateral cinema thinking ahead. Yeah, right? Letters and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, right, exactly. But, but like like I was saying, it it's I watched them in reverse, and it doesn't matter what order you watch these movies in because they're they're standalone enough. Yeah. Each one that they're not like a scripted series, even though like the second character is in the first movie. That's really not important. That's not an important thing to know. It doesn't really change that much of the story for you, and so they're all standalone enough, but they still like you yeah. said occupy a space. Yeah. That slasher film, that good their own space. I'd like to think that a lot of people probably saw the second movie before they saw the first movie right. or the third movie even. See, it would be you interesting know. to see the second one first because it's so trippy. I think I'm glad I watched it in the order that I did because yeah, if I started yeah. the second one, I wouldn't know what to expect with one and three. Start the second one from from before you see the first uh, one and three, right? I mean, right. Was I mean, there ever a plan to make a fourth or a fifth one? I don't I'm not I wonder. sure. I don't think so. That's like right at, I don't right, f- right at the end of 89. I, I don't right think so. Right? I, I don't think so. I mean, I've never personally seen any indication that there was any plans for that. I mean, obviously, I guess. I mean, I could see, sure, they could do that now if they wanted yeah. to. That probably wouldn't be too terrible to add another one. But I think they should have done that then. Yeah. That would have been another beautiful You know what? Film. We need to have more discussion with the trauma universe. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah seriously. Well, we can keep the discussion going on forever. Right. Jesus. Well, what's really nice is you can see the progression between the three two. You can see kind of a difference in, you know, upgrading in camera quality, just little things like that. Certainly, but Go at the same time, yeah, good acting to eighty nine. Yeah, well, as yeah. Bo was saying earlier, it was good acting in the third one. There was a backstory that you know the, yeah. the killer. You know who the killer is, and you almost not really sympathize with them, but you you understand why he's upset, and you give it gives him a reason to 
kill people like he does almost. You don't get that from the first two movies. And the second one especially because it's just some weird wacko rock None and of it's roll real. Dude. It's None all it's real. It's yeah. all dream sequence. No, yeah, it's all dreams. So. From far as we can see, it's it's all dream sequence. Where's oh, yeah. the plot almost, of Inception almost like years Freddy's. before it? No, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Almost like Freddy's Revenge. Right. Which is yeah. part two. Nightmare on Elm Street part two, Freddy's Revenge. Yeah. Which almost is all dream sequence. And I kind of basing my short film off of that. The beginning yeah, of that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And for sure. Wow. Yeah. Hell yeah. And my final thoughts on this movie is, I mean, it's always good to see female directors female writers get work i mean especially back in a time when it, you know the industry just wasn't that receptive to that sort of thing and i mean it stands alone as its own movie but i mean it's also awesome as a part of the overall franchise and the franchise itself is definitely one of those that will stand the test of time right i mean these movies are like we said infinitely watchable and They've aged really well, which is surprising for a movie, especially from the early 80s, you know. And, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter where you come into this series. You could totally come into it from the second movie. You could come into it from the third movie or the first movie. I mean, you won't really lose much in continuity. You won't lose much with character development. I mean, they're essentially the same movie over and over again. Like, especially the first and the third movie, they're literally the same movie. Almost exactly the yeah. same, the first and the third. Yeah, but exactly. ultimately, there's definitely something here for even the most casual horror fan, honestly. And hardcore horror fans, of course, love this shit, you know. All right, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. You can find Collateral Cinema on the Chill Lover radio app. We are streaming live there. Not necessarily live, but we are streaming there. Uh, check us out on Podcoin. Use the promo code Collateral, and you will get 300 Podcoins upon registration. So definitely check us out on there. And we're also on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else where you get your podcasts. Um, anything else you guys want to say? Well... Also, if you guys aren't listening to Collateral Gaming, which is our video game podcast that Dakota and I co-host, and uh, Bo and Robert also jump on board and have some comments, uh, we are doing an episode on The Last of Us, which is a great form of storytelling. Beautiful. I mean, an awesome, awesome game, and we're going to go into that next week, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, I can't wait for that, actually. I've seen a lot of that game, so... And so, yeah, Collateral Gaming, you can find everywhere you can find Collateral Cinema. We're also on the PodCoin app, so uh, and go chill, check us out. And Chill Lover and chill Radio. Radio. We're part of that network as well, and uh, we are really thankful to uh, be a part of the crew yeah, on yeah. that one. Certainly, certainly. Well, guys, that is the end of this episode. The next episode of Collateral Cinema is going to be Leprechaun Returns. We are going to have Frankie Avila coming back into the studio on that one. Maybe we can get him on board with us because he grew up with me in the Leprechaun. Uh, oh, yeah, trilogy, cer certainly. You know? No, I mean, yeah, he, 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 he should definitely be here for that. Hopefully. Like, They're yeah. after me, Leprechauns. Yeah, if not, we'll have a really good discussion. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But that, that's going to be an interesting episode, and we're going to pretty much wrap up our horror kick with Pascal Laguerre's 2008 horror masterpiece, Martyrs. 
And that is something I'm going to look forward to showing these two right here, especially. But Robert, you're, you'll get something to take away from it, honestly. I have not seen Martyrs. I'm hoping to see it. Sorry. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're going to love it, honestly. It, it's an amazing movie that will keep you thinking. It will, it, like, certainly. All I got to say is, fuck you, Lucky Charms. Fuck you, fuck Lucky, you Charms. Lucky Charms. <laughs> yeah. Ozzy. They're after me, Lucky Charms. They're after me, Lucky Charms. But yeah, Leprechaun Returns. That's our next episode. I'm Bo Maddox. I'm Robert Ordgun. I'm Chancellor Ashley. I'm Dakota Chancellor. And Collateral Cinema is done. I'm and Jason David Frank. Collateral Gaming is better. Go follow Collateral Cinema is an L Company production. All music and movie clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.